Hi, everybody. I'm Pastor Larry Huck, and welcome to Standing with Israel on Charisma's Podcast Network. You know, standing with Israel is one of the most important things that you will ever do. And let me give you two reasons. Number one, as Paul said in the book of Ephesians, that the two shall become one new man. You and I are fulfilling Bible prophecy in tearing down the wall that divides Jews and Gentiles. The second thing is by tearing down this wall and rebuilding the tabernacle of David in our hearts, we are preparing the world for the coming of the Messiah. Standing with Israel is the father of all blessings. So get ready for God's wisdom, favor, anointing, and blessing. Now let's get into today's message. You know, when you look at, you look at the church teaching, the Bible says our, our religious traditions nullify the word of God. Our religious traditions cancels the word of God. How many of you have ever heard the Jews killed Jesus? Well, there was a couple Jews involved in Luke chapter 14, 5. It says, now large crowds, large crowds were going along with Jesus. Mark 5, 24. And he went off with him and large crowds followed him, pressing about him. Matthew 8, 18. Now, when Jesus saw the crowd around him, he gave orders to depart to the other side. Mark 10, 1, getting up, he went from there to the region of Judea and beyond the Jordan where large crowds gathered around him. And according to his custom, he once more began to teach them. Luke 5, 1, now it happened that while the crowd was pressing around him and listening to the word of God, he was standing by the lake. Matthew 4:25 Large crowds followed him from Galilee and and Decapolis and Jerusalem and Judea large crowds in Galilee large crowds in Decapolis large crowds in Jerusalem large crowds in Judea large crowds beyond the Jordan large crowds followed him everywhere Jesus was followed by large crowds of Jews they were following him when Jesus came riding in on the donkey on Passover, right before the crucifixion, the crowd see Jesus and they started, started shouting out, Hosanna, Hosanna, Hosanna. But all of a sudden, we're taught that the crowds changed that. Three and a half years, large crowds, large crowds, large crowds, large crowds followed them ever to the point they were wearing him out. He had to get in a boat. He had to go to the other side. He was exhausted. And then all of a sudden, in three, in, in three days, for no reason, those large crowds, after three and a half years, changed their mind and started shouting, crucify him, crucify him. Folks, may I say to you how it says in Hebrew, that's baloney. But the church teaches that. The church labeled the, the Jews the Christ killers. That is so a lie and a fabrication. Were there some Jews? Yes, there were some corrupt Jews in the temple, a handful. But remember, the Bible says that they arrested Jesus at night, lest there be a riot. Now, I want you to understand, for 1,700 years, what I'm teaching you has been heresy. But if we're going to tear down the wall that divides, we've got to say the truth. We've got to break the curse. 
that's blocking the blessing that Jesus paid for. The Jews did not kill Jesus. You imagine blaming somebody for something four or five guys did 2,000 years ago and blaming the whole race? Can you imagine the insanity of that? And listen to what God's word said. I will bless those who bless Israel, and I will curse those who curse Israel. It's time for us to break the curse and release the blessing and understand what God's word says. Can I have an amen? I believe we need to break the curse of racism. I believe if we'll stop preaching racism in the church by saying those Jews... And start standing up and blessing the nation of Israel. A curse without a cause doesn't come. If we'll start blessing the nation of Israel, God will break the curse off of our nation. And we'll begin to flow in the outpouring of God's blessing, anointing, and prosperity. How many would be for that? Say amen. Think about the insanity of the church teaching this curse for 2,000 years on blaming the Jews for killing Jesus. We know the church was birthed on the day of Pentecost when they were all in one mind and all in one accord. Where were they when that day happened? Jerusalem. That's where they were. That's the birthing of the church. We don't know when Jesus is coming back, but we know where he's coming back to. And he's coming back to a Jerusalem that is in the hands of the Jewish people. So we know the birthing of the church happened on the day of Pentecost. But what a lot of people don't understand is when the birthing of the doctrine of the church changed. There was an emperor by the name of Constantine. Most of you know this. And Constantine gathers all the main church leaders, which are now 300 years after the time of Jesus, mostly Gentiles. So Constantine gathers them together, what is in, in uh, modern-day Turkey. There's a book called The Council of Nicaea. It's very hard to read, but full of information. And he gathers them together, and he says, I have declared from Egypt... To England, all the Roman Empire is Christian. I declare, they're all Christian. The only problem was they never heard of Jesus. Do you understand that? There were no radios, there were no books, there were no printing presses. They they didn't know who Jesus was. Most of them were pagan, and they worshipped different gods than the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. So they got together and they said, okay, how are we going to turn the whole Roman Empire to believing in Jesus and make the Roman Empire the center of Christianity? The center of Christianity was where? Where was the center of Christianity? Jerusalem. The Roman Empire said, we're going to turn it away from Jerusalem and make the Roman Empire the center. How are we going to do this? Their number one decision was let's blame the jews 300 years after the time of jesus let's blame the jews for killing jesus up until that time the only things that were written for 300 years 
about the death of Jesus blamed the Romans, not the Jews. Everything about Jesus' death was Roman. It wasn't Jewish. We look at Jesus on the whipping post. If you ask most Christians, how many stripes did Jesus receive? And they would say 39. It, there's nowhere in the Bible that says 39. It's, nowhere, it's not in there. Paul says, I received 40 stripes minus one five times. Because Paul was beaten by the Jews. And in the Jewish law, I think it's Deuteronomy, in the Jewish law, you are not allowed to give more than 40 stripes. So if someone deserved to be beaten, they would count to 39 and stop because God said you can't go beyond that. And so they would say, well, maybe somebody missed one, so we're going to stop. But we think Jesus was whipped 39 times, but he wasn't whipped 39 times. There's no record of how much he was whipped. The Bible says he was beaten like no man has ever beaten before, not only with stripes, but on each whip was like a cat of nine tails because Jesus was not whipped by the Jews. Jesus was whipped by the Romans. How did Jesus die? On the cross. Jews did not crucify anybody. The Romans crucified, just in Israel, tens of thousands of people. The teachings of blaming the Jews for killing Jesus does not come anywhere from the Bible. It comes from man's religious tradition. Let me read just a couple things here to you. Martin Luther wrote an article, The Jews and Their Lies. Let me read what he said. Quote, What shall we Christians do with the damned and rejected race of the Jews? First, their synagogues should be set on fire, and whatever does not burn should be covered over with dirt so that no one may ever be able to see a cinder or a stone of it ever again. Secondly, he says, their homes should likewise be broken down and destroyed for the shameful things that they do in their synagogues. Thirdly, they should be deprived of their prayer books and Talmuds in in which such idolatry, lies, cursings, blasphemy are taught. They didn't have a Bible. They didn't have books. They didn't have anybody teach them. They had to listen to the church fathers, and what the church fathers said was truth. And they would say over and over again, the Jewish people are cursed. The Jewish people are damned. The Jewish people are abominable. God, God wants to save the Jewish people alive to the coming of Christ so he can punish them himself. God said he would raise up Gentiles that would tear down the wall between Jews and Gentiles. And God would pour out upon us blessings that are beyond anything we can imagine. Right now, we're in a time in which the walls between Jews and Gentiles are coming down. Just as God gave the land back to the Jews, we're giving the world a Jesus that came from that land. Let me close with this. Say, well, pastor, who do we blame then for the death of Jesus? Nobody. Do we blame the Jews? No, obviously not. There was a handful. 2,000 years ago. Do we blame the Romans? No. Because Jesus himself said, no man takes my life. 
Do you understand that? We should have known this 1,700 years ago. Jesus said, nobody takes my life. Jesus said, and you read it, it's an amazing scripture. Jesus said, my father loves me because. Now think about this. Jesus said, my father loves me because of this. I lay down my life as a ransom for many. Nobody takes my life. Even Jesus himself in the garden, being man and the son of God, being the son of God, knew what they're about to do. And he said, Father, if there be some other way... He knew they were going to rip the beard from his face. He knew they were going to beat him. He knew they were going to nail him to. He knew they were going to spit on him. And he said, Father, if there be some other way, let this cup pass. But then he said, not my will, but thy will be done. And he surrendered his life. No man takes it. Jesus could have at any moment said, that's it. I'm done. But he didn't. And you know why he didn't? Because he saw me 40 years ago walking into a church, a heroin addict, and said, that's why I came. You know why he didn't? He saw you. He saw you during the time of corona. He saw you during the time of the economic crisis. He saw our cities during the time of this hatred for one another. And he said, Father, not my will, but thy will be done. We need Jesus more than ever before for today and because our best is yet to come. Let's break the curse. Can I have an amen? Let's break the curse. I'm going to get in trouble for saying this, but I'm going to say it anyway. I almost made it. Don't you ever let somebody say, those white people. Don't you ever let somebody say, those black people. And don't you ever let anybody say, those Jews, those Mexicans. Now, we can say those Brazilians. because Can I have an amen? Because that black person is my brother and sister. That white person is my brother and sister. That Brazilian is my brother and sister. Those Mexicans are my brothers and sisters. And you know what? We got a saying amongst the hucks. You don't mess with family. And that's my family right there. That lady right there is my family. That guy right there is my family. These people right here, that's my family. That's my family. These people are my family. And those Jewish people are our families. And if we'll break the curse, God will release the blessing. How many believe it's time to break the curse? Let's let's break this curse and let everything that Jesus paid for by his blood, let it flow on us. Drug addicts set free. The blood of Jesus in the garden. By his stripes we're healed. The blood of Jesus at the whipping post. Poverty broken. Poverty broken. Finances released by the blood of Jesus at the crown of thorns. Authority in our hands. They nailed his hands. Dominion every place we put the sole of our feet. The blood of Jesus in his feet pierced his side. I've come to heal the brokenhearted. Boy, if we ever needed God to come and heal us, it's right now. Come and heal our hurts. Come and heal our wounds. Come and heal the brokenhearted. And then stomp on the devil's forehead. It is time for us to stomp on the devil's forehead. Take the keys back and whatever we bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. Do you agree with me on this? 
Now, I've given you the Reader's Digest version, and we're going to get deeper into some teachings as we go along. But I want you to understand, Israel become a nation. First time in 2,000 years. Christians and Jews coming together. First time in 2,000 years. In Dallas, we call this, we call this a clue. I like to have every, I have five minutes. I like to have every head bowed, every eye closed. And I'm not going to ask anybody to come forward. Unfortunately, we can't do that. But this all begins with having Jesus in our hearts. Guys, we're headed for exciting times. And I think we're heading for some challenging times too. And you don't want to face these challenges without Jesus. Because greater is he that's in you than anything that's out there. Someday we're going to make heaven our home. But Jesus has come to give us life and that life more abundant right here on earth. He loves you so much that 2,000 years ago he said yes for you and I. And all we have to do is say yes to him. As our heads are bowed and our eyes are closed and no one's looking around, you're here right now and you say, Pastor Larry, would you remember me in prayer? I want to give my life or rededicate my life to Jesus. I want to be ready because the best is yet to come. Lift your hand up over the building and say, yes, I see that hand, that hand. I see that hand, that hand, that hand, that hand, that hand. I see that hand, that hand, that hand, that hand, that hand. God bless you. I see that hand. God bless you. I see that hand. God bless you. Amen. That hand. Amen. Give these people a great big clap offering, would you? Stand with me all over the building if we would. I wish we could join hands, but we'll do, we'll do, uh, uh, joining of hearts instead and those of you around the world that are watching with us we love you no matter where you are what city what nation you're in you're part of the kingdom of god and your best is yet to come let's say this out out loud together close your eyes bow your hearts before the lord and say this out loud say father i come to you right now in the name of jesus i know i've sinned we've all sinned But I know this, you love me so much, you sent Jesus Christ to pay the price in full for all my sin. Right now, I receive Jesus Christ as my Lord and my Savior. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Would you give the Lord a clap offering of love and appreciation? Can I ask you to do something this week? Promote love. Love people. Say hi to people. Smile at people. Get along with people. Remember what God's word said. Blessed be the peacemaker. Don't get caught up in the turmoil. Stay on the word of God. Stand with Jesus. And if we'll stand with Jesus, Jesus will stand with us. I believe that we, as I said in the first service, I believe 1,000%. We battle not with flesh and blood. Remember that. We battle not with flesh and blood. But we do battle with principalities and powers and rulers of darkness. We're in a spiritual warfare. It looks physical. It looks health-wise and economic-wise and, uh, and, and, and in the streets. But it's a spiritual warfare. But remember this. If we stay together... And we hold on to Jesus. I read the end of the book. We win. What Satan's meant for evil, God will use it for good. Amen. 
Thank you for listening to our Standing with Israel podcast with Pastor Larry Huck. We truly believe that building bridges between Christians and Jews is a sign of the end times and will prepare the world for the coming of the Messiah. If you would like to learn more about why we stand with Israel and at the same time be a blessing to the Jewish people, we encourage you to send for Pastor Larry's latest book, Seven Living Prophecies. It's an incredibly insightful and prophetic book that will lead you into the blessings of God and will send it to you for any size offering to our ministry. Your contribution will be used to support our charitable work in Israel, which includes supporting elderly Holocaust survivors and Project Aliyah, which brings the Jews home to their ancient homeland, Israel. To donate, please call us today at 1-800-847-4588 and speak with one of our helpful operators. You can also go to our website and make your donation at lhmpodcast.org. Again, please call 1-800-847-4588 or go to lhmpodcast.com to make your donation and request a copy of Pastor Larry's latest book, Seven Living Prophecies. Thanks for listening today. God bless you for your prayerful and financial support. And tune in next week for another Standing with Israel podcast with Pastor Larry Huck.